As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Well, what were you thinking when Giannis got that last look? Uh, that we're in good shape. <laughs> him that far away from the paint is obviously much better than him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anytime you can stay in front of them and force them to, you know, take shots like that, you know, you just have to live with it. You know, you can't, you can't guard everything. And obviously, he's a force in that paint area and gave us trouble the whole night. But, you know, if you keep him out of there and DeAndre did a good job of cutting him off and forcing him into that, and we'll live with the result. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Thursday, everybody. We've got all your action from, you know, Andrew, I keep saying all your action from an action-packed night. But the truth is, like, every freaking night has a billion games. So (laughs) So just from now on, I'm not going to say that. You guys know every night there's somewhere between 10 and 45 games. And we're going to do our best to talk about them. I'm Dave DeFore. It's Thursday. That means I'm here with Andrew Schlecht, who's pulling double duty. He's my co-host. He's the producer. He's got a great smile. He's got guitars on the wall behind him. You guys can't see this, but very, very good vibes from Andrew Schlecht tonight. Uh, before we get started, I want to remind you guys, go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. Sign up. $3.99 a month. You're already subscribed. Buy one for a friend. Very cheap. Coming up on today's show... Andrew, the Bulls shot the freaking lights out. I mean, just insane. (laughs) Absolutely nuts. Uh, But first, listen, the Mavs came back and beat the Hawks. And for the second time in a week, they've won the Luka Doncic trade again. (laughs) They've now won the Luka Doncic trade, I don't know, six times or something like that in the last three years. I've lost count because... You know, anytime the Mavs beat the Hawks, that's obviously an indictment on the Hawks making that trade. And, and and to help us break down this game and explain why this is such a tough loss for the Hawks, we have our Atlanta Hawks beat writer, Chris Kirshner. Welcome, Chris. I appreciate you staying up so late. I know it's like after 1 a.m. there, right? It is after 1, 1 a.m., but I appreciate being on. It's just you, me, Andrew Schlecht, and the Macho Man. Uh, Okay, so the Mavs win this game 118 to 117. Uh, The Hawks led by nine heading into the fourth. And, and, you know, I'm watching this game, and 
I have to watch every Mavs game because I do 77 Minutes in Heaven, our, our Dallas Mavericks podcast with Tim Cato, the wonderful and lovely Tim Cato. And I just assumed this was a wrap. I, I, I really thought that the Hawks were going to be able to hold on. The Mavericks struggle so, so much late in games. Christoph Porzingis barely even available for this game because of foul trouble. It only wound up playing 19 minutes. To me, it just felt like one of those games where it could get away from the Mavericks pretty early on in the fourth. You know, they like to start the fourth without Luka, without KP. Um, Why weren't the Hawks able to hold on, Chris? Like, this is not a good fourth quarter team, the Mavs. I really thought that nine points should have been enough of a cushion for, for the Hawks. Yeah, and with the way they were playing, um, you know, especially midway through the third, they were up 13 at one point. Uh, John Collins was cooking, and things got away from them. I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that you know Dallas is a bad fourth-quarter team, but the Hawks have also been a, a bad fourth-quarter team. Um, you know, after tonight's game, they have the worst point differential in the fourth quarter this season, minus 2.7 points. Um, they're only nine and seven now after holding a lead after three quarters. This is something that's been a recurring theme for the Hawks, even going back to last season. They just haven't found a way to close out games. And obviously they're dealing with injuries this season. Bogdan Bogdanovich is out. DeAndre Hunter is now out for seven to 10 weeks. So it's been an issue for the Hawks. And, um, you know, at the start of the fourth quarter tonight, uh, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. gets cooking. Jalen Brunson torches Trey Young. Um, obviously, was was going up and trying to attack Trey Young on defense, and it worked. And it, you know, it's again, it's it's been a theme for the Hawks this season that they have struggled in fourth quarters, and that played out tonight. Well, the Mavs have actually struggled all season long to just make open looks. And Andrew, we've talked about this a couple of times with the Mavs. It's been a running theme on 77 Minutes in Heaven. Well, tonight, they 40% on threes. Luka did his job as he does most nights, but the rest of the team really came through. You know, Maxi hits a couple of threes. Dorian Finney-Smith hits a couple of threes. Josh Richardson hits a couple of threes. And then, obviously, you get contribution from the bench. And all of a sudden, this looks more like the team that we watched last year that had everyone so hopeful for the Mavs. Uh, it, it, this is more in line with our expectations, right, Andrew? Without a doubt. I mean, this is what Luca's supposed to do. He's supposed to generate great shots for this team. Those guys are supposed to step up, and they did. Finney Smith hit that three down the stretch. That was big time. I mean, he's wide open, and a lot of times you think, oh, it's so much easier. For these pros, sometimes that is mentally a really difficult shot to take and make because, one, you're in this pressurized moment. Where if you don't if you don't make this shot, there's a chance you lose the game, and nobody thinks you're gonna make it. <laughs> like nobody yeah, thinks exactly. you're gonna make it. It's like almost like a closeout. Even like a a rough closeout might be better than just wide open. But credit to Finney Smith for hitting that shot. Well, let's talk about like the actual end of the game because there was a little bit of controversy. And Chris, you know, uh, my memory escapes me a little bit, but I can't remember Trey Young getting so heated at a referee before. I don't think I've ever seen him that mad. Yeah, I mean, he's hasn't been like incensed um, from my memory. He's he definitely gets mad at the refs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he but not like he, that. That was different. No, not like that. Not like that. Um, he was mic'd up tonight. I would have loved to actually <laughs> hear the uh, 
uh, unedited ESPN audio footage from that. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't pleasant, but yeah, I, I can't re- really remember the last time he was, you know, truly incensed like that and like pointing at the ref and obviously most likely MFing him. Yeah. Um, in case you're listening and, and didn't see, uh, there was 2.8 seconds left. Trey Young sets a rip screen, like a back screen uh, for John Collins. And yes. I believe that the play is designed for Trey to set that screen for the defense to leave Trey to to follow the lob man. And Trey pops out for, for an easy look at a three. I mean, you know, this is typical Golden State type of stuff. Set the back screen almost like you're a decoy, but pop out and get the shot. But he fell down. I, I think he saw an opportunity there to pick up a couple of free throws. And Andrew, come on, tell me if I'm way off base here. But it seemed to me like Trey Young, the ultimate foul hunter, yeah, saw saw the biggest game, an end of game cheap free throw victory because he would have gotten two shots, down one, and he could not resist taking the flop there. It's very on brand, very on brand. You almost have to. Mm-hmm. You almost have to do it. And you know, I you can't fault him because it works so often. But yeah. I, I Trey Young, I got to tell you, buddy. Um, Look, you're not new here. You like you know that the end of games are just different. You're not getting that foul call under 20 seconds. In particular, you're definitely not getting that foul call under 5 seconds. Yeah. No way that's happening. Well, and and it wasn't a foul. No, it wasn't a foul. And what was funny, like he was mad, but did you see who was the one who calmed him down and how quickly that Luka. switch flipped? <laughs> it was Luka Doncic came over and patted him and then he just like it just flipped quick for him. Well, and you know, Chris, this is something that I that I had actually noticed. They they seem to have quite a good rapport between the two of them. Like, are are we uh-huh. looking? I mean, I know we've all said the magic and bird thing, but this actually feels like are they friends outside of the yeah. court? Because they seem to have a relationship. Yeah, they, there's definitely a relationship there. Um, you know, Trey's been asked about this so many times already. Um, you know, he, he's said before, like if Luca does well and Trey happens to be watching the game, like Trey will hit him up and like tell him good game and vice versa. If Luca's watching a Hawks game, he, he hits up Trey sometimes and, and also says good game. I know it's like a, 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 a rivalry mm-hmm. that people would love to create and, and dramatize, but there's really no sort of animosity between the two. I remember last year I asked Trey about his relationship with Luca in Dallas. And he mentioned the fact that on draft night, when they both get drafted, Luca's in a Hawks hat and Trey is in a Mavericks hat. And afterwards, like in the green room or whatever backstage, um, you know, they switch hats and, you know, wish each other well, um, I, I thought that was interesting because, you know, again, when the two are traded for each other, everybody wants to pit them against each other and and wants to analyze who won and who lost the trade. But you know, they're they're friendly with each other. There's there's no ill will. They both genuinely like each other and, and they both genuinely want each other to have success. Yeah, the discourse on that is pretty silly. They're yeah. they're both fun players, and, and I mean to me, like I I think it's actually really cool that that they get along so well. And I I mean I, Andrew, I love that you also noticed that because I thought it was funny that it wasn't one of Trey's teammates 
It was Luca who no. ran up, who was like, hey, man, just just calm down. Um, okay, so in that fourth, Tim Hardaway Jr. goes off. He has 13 of his 16. I mean, you mentioned Jalen Brunson. That bench, uh, and it really wasn't the bench. It was just three guys for the Mavs. But Willie Cauley-Stein, Jalen Brunson, and Tim Hardaway Jr. combined for 51 points off the bench. I mean, that is just the – you cannot – it's almost impossible to find that production in any game, but much less in a game when you really need it. They only got 14 from Maxi Kleba and Dorian Finney-Smith. They needed every single bit of that scoring off the bench. And, Andrew, you know, this has been an issue for them. They they just haven't had a lot of guys to help pick up that scoring load. Tim Hardaway, is, to me, has been great. Uh, I actually think – They've got to figure out a way to get him on the court more than 30 minutes a night. Like, they need that scoring. Uh, but Jalen Brunson turning it on. And Willie Cauley-Stein, man, I, he's having a really nice season. The Mavs should just be better in general. But if they can keep getting performances like this off their bench, now all of a sudden we're talking, you know, what is this team going to do in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, that's that's it's what they need and it's funny because they're playing a team that was supposed to be this and the Hawks are struggling because of, because of injuries and probably mm-hmm. could be a team like this had they had everybody available but it, it is nice to see a guy like I really like Jalen Brunson I think that that guy's a really good player I think he's going to be really helpful uh, for them uh, throughout the rest of the season and then you're going to have big nights from Tim Hardaway Jr. that's just what he does and when he shoots the ball efficiently uh, it's going to be tough to beat the Mavs because their their starting lineup is rock solid. I know that you're not going to get a ton of point production from Finney Smith and Maxi, but like those guys provide so many other things. Like they glue together the Porzingis, Doncic, uh, Josh Richardson trio uh, in so many ways that you just have to keep them out there. Uh, for the Hawks, they've been without DeAndre Hunter. You mentioned he's what seven to ten weeks away. Is that right, Chris? Yes. Yeah. Um, this is a game where they clearly could have used him, not only because of Luca, you know the nat- the guy he would I think naturally line up against, but Tim Hardaway Jr. You know when Tim Hardaway got hot, all I could think about was they needed they needed someone to shut him down. They needed Cam to do it. They needed I don't know anyone else to do it. Really, if Cam couldn't do it, you'd look at DeAndre Hunter. But they didn't have DeAndre Hunter. How much are they missing him right now? And and how like how long do you think they're going to be able to stay competitive without him because it seems like they're at least one guy short him being that guy when in actuality they're actually still missing all of those other guys too yeah i mean they're missing him tremendously and it's a significant blow for the hawks that he's going to be out until at least the end of march perhaps early april and you're you're right that in this game cuz last week um, Hunter was available and, and he was defending Luca in that game. Mm-hmm. And what the Hawks have done this season is, is have DeAndre guard the opposing team's best perimeter player, whether it's LeBron with the Lakers. Um, he, uh, Lloyd Pierce actually had uh, DeAndre guard Kyrie Irving, which I think is a testament to just how much DeAndre has grown from year one to year two, because last year in DeAndre's rookie season, he just wasn't fast enough to keep up with those quicker perimeter guys like someone like Kyrie. Um, so with, with the way that he's grown this year, I, I think it's been 
a tremendous boon for the Hawks just because of the fact that they've dealt with so many injuries now. They, they've missed a combined 95 games after tonight with injuries. And a lot of the, the missed time is from players they were expecting to produce at much higher levels than what Hunter was expected in year two, like Bogdan Bogdanovich, Danilo Gallinari. Um, Chris Dunn was supposed to be a defensive stopper. He hasn't played a single second for the Hawks as he's recovering from um, right ankle surgery. So in, in a game like this where it's mainly the perimeter players who are cooking the Hawks, having Hunter out there on defense would have been huge for them. And, and it, it might've been the difference. Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish was benched. I think it was midway through the fourth quarter, just because, you know, he's, he's been reckless all season on offense and you just can't have him out there trying to attack the rim and turning the ball over. So Lloyd Pierce goes to Tony Snell, who's, you know, they, they feel like he's a trusted veteran who's going to make the smart plays. He can make, make shots you know, he's shooting 50% from three this season. And, you know, Reddish is shooting, I think it's 22% from it's not three. Good. It's, yeah, it's, it's not great. Um, and it's also interesting. It's a, it's a bigger conversation, but a lot of people, myself included, expected Reddish to be having the kind of sophomore season that Hunter did and not, not vice versa. So, um, yeah, I, I think they, they definitely missed him in this game and they're going to miss him moving forward. So where did the Hawks go from here? I, I think that's the big question because, you know, clearly this team is uh, much improved from last year. But until they get healthy, I, I just don't see how they – how do they make the playoffs unless everyone comes back soon? I, I, I worry about well, that. I know the East sucks, but it's better mm-hmm. than it has been. And I don't mean – like, I mean, do they make the top eight, not necessarily the play-in? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think so. Um, again, when you look at – just the amount of injuries they've had to deal with so far. And they're, they're currently in the top eight. Trey is playing at an all-star level. John is playing at a, you know, close to an all-star level. Clint Capella has been uh, amazing defensively. I, I don't, I didn't think he played well at really at all um, tonight. He was in foul trouble. Um, but I, I think that the guys that they had last year have collectively grown. Um, you know, Kevin Herter isn't talked about at all. He's on really. my notes to, to ask you about. So, so keep going, but I, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. I mean, Kevin, Kevin has played well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been, he was projected to come off the bench this season because Bogdanovich was supposed to be the starting shooting guard. And, you know, Kevin has played really well. And I think importantly for him, when we're talking about the future outlook of this team, um, you know, the, the Hawks aren't winning a championship this season. Right. It, they, they, they want to make the playoffs. That is their goal. If they can make noise, great. If not, you know, that they accomplished a goal of theirs. But Kevin, uh, long-term, if he can play as well as he has defensively, I, I think that's huge for him and his personal outlook for, um, you know, being a part of, this, of, of the team because they, the Hawks need people – in the backcourt with Trey who can play well defensively and also make shots at a high level, which Kevin can do. So he's, he's important for this team. Um, so, you know, when we're talking about making the playoffs, I, I do think that ultimately they are going to make the playoffs. They, they have so much talent and if they can get healthy, if they can get Onyeko Kongu, uh, who is their sixth overall pick this year, if they can get him up to speed, I think that would be helpful because it would give them another body in the front court. And um, you know, they, they, they have, 
outside of Collins and Capella really haven't done anything in the front court. Um, Bruno Fernando has been, uh, you know, just benched pretty much the entire season. Bruno Fernando um, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, if we're talking about the Hawks, it, it would be really surprising to me if they were not in the top eight, just with, you know, the way they've played from their young guys. And I, I do expect them to continue getting better. That's spoken like someone who did not watch the Chicago Bulls play basketball tonight. Uh, Chris Kirshner, <laughs> go check him out at The Athletic. Uh, he really is great at what he does. Uh, Chris, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. In news, the NBA has overruled Dallas Mavericks governor Mark Cuban on his decision to forego playing the national anthem before Dallas Mavericks games. In a statement, Mike Bass from the NBA's PR team says, with NBA teams now in the process of welcoming fans back into their arenas, all teams will play the national anthem in keeping with longstanding league policy. Uh, Cuban said he's good with it. For, for his piece. And uh, I mean, what are you going to do? The just league gonna, tells you something's going to happen. I guess you'd have to do it, right? You're just going to play the anthem. That's what you're going to do. Yep. Uh, I would personally love it if they would play the international players anthem, but I just don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> We're not going to get that one. In the late game, man, how about those sons? Hey, they are. They were pesky tonight. They just kind of they kind of hung around the whole game, you know, kept it within arm's reach. And then Chris Paul just does what he does. He just in in crunch time, he steps up. It's amazing to me how quickly Chris Paul imprints his essence on a team. Yeah, we saw this with Oklahoma City. We Mm -hmm. saw it in Houston And, and people won't give him enough credit for that, I think. 
Those years in in Houston, I thought were they were the best years of James Harden's career from a success standpoint. Oh, yeah. Maybe not individually, but team success. Yeah. But it felt like a Chris Paul team when he was out there playing. And, and already the Suns feel that way. And, and you know, there's good and bad with that. But the good was tonight. He was completely in control of that fourth quarter. The Suns beat the Bucks 125-124. And, and somehow they did this in spite of Giannis going for 47 points. In our <laughs> notes for this for this show, uh, ahead of the game, I said, who is guarding Giannis? That was one of our big questions for the game. Who's guarding Giannis? Well, the answer, Andrew, is nobody. It's, <laughs> it's, Nobody's it's, guarding Giannis. <laughs> It's, it was a lot of uh, Frank Kaminsky just trying to be in the way. That man shot 21 free throws. 17 yeah. to 21, great for him, but they lost. And, and ultimately it came down to a Giannis mid-range jump shot, and the Suns were fine letting him take it, and he missed mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris Middleton didn't have a going tonight. Uh, we talked about this before the show, but Brooke Lopez just... I mean, Frank Kaminsky, I mentioned that he just tried to be in the way. He... Uh, Absolutely outplayed Brooke Lopez. He cooked him. Yeah. He cooked Brooke Lopez, who was in the running for Defensive Player of the Year last year. Yeah. It is like we're in a different league. Mm-hmm. Brooke Lopez looks, I mean, he just looks bad to me. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking to myself watching this game down the stretch, why are you playing Brooke Lopez? You could have played Bobby Portis. Like, get some offense out there at least. Yeah. Yeah. And play Giannis at the five. Like, play, really yeah. make Phoenix work. Throw Tory Craig out there and put Giannis at the five. Yeah. Anything. Anything but what they did. But we got to talk about the Suns because, look, man, we talk about the winners on this show. That's right. <laughs> that's that's what this – like, listen, man, basketball is a sport. You want to win at this sport. And they won because Devin Booker and Chris Paul combined for 58 points against a team that didn't have Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday was out for health and safety protocols. So the Bucks are, are shorthanded this season anyway because – they traded away a lot of their depth from the last couple of years to to make this move to get Drew Holiday, and this is the type of game where it kind of comes back to bite you when you make those sort of consolidating moves. And, and so missing Drew Holiday, I mean, you know Dante Divincenzo, very nice player, but Bryn Forbes cannot guard me. Yeah, well, that's one of the problems that they brought in these guards and Bryn Forbes and DJ Augustine. That while they can help you offensively like they're just nothing on the defensive end and you're right the absence of drew holiday is a big deal and that sentence the absence of drew holiday has been said a lot throughout his career yes that is sort of the underlying thing there uh incredibly efficient game from the suns they shot 53 percent from the field they shot 48 and a half percent from three uh, but they only shot 72% on free throws. So, you know, uh, let, let, let's pick it up a little bit there at the line, guys. Um, but but they got production from everyone. I mean, you mentioned Kaminsky. Had a great game, 14, 8 rebounds and 8 assists. It, it just, the Suns really outplayed them, I thought, and, and somehow only won by one. And that just speaks to how good Milwaukee is. But the glaring issues that the Bucks have they're on full display every time they play a good team like the Suns. And I, I just I can't help but start thinking about the playoffs yeah. when I watch what they do in these sorts of games, man. It, it's not I'm not gonna say it's depressing because it's basketball, right? It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of the universe. But it does bum me out a little bit because I, I think that this team has another level to reach. 
Yeah, I mean, you just take a look at what they've done in the playoffs the last few years, and you're and right now, I think everybody's just watching the Bucks to see, okay, what can you show me that's different? Like, show me that you can be better. And what is, like, slightly depressing about it is that you watch and you're like, oh, kind of the same. <laughs> kind of the same thing. Like, Giannis is going off, and you've got guys that are kind of struggling around him. And, and Middleton's had a good year. Middleton will be an all-star. Uh, but still, there's just not that that extra that you want from them uh just that next level and i i feel like the whole bogdanovich situation was just uh such a disaster and you kind of look at that as maybe one of the missed opportunities and i know he's hurt for the hawks right now but that type of player where maybe he's taking the shot at the end of this game uh because I, well, that's at least just it's another guy right it's at least another guy that's out there that gives you an option because like let's be honest like chris middleton is a great player. Yeah. Uh, he's an all-star. And, and, and again, referring to my notes, one of my questions is, is, should he be an all-star starter this year? That's how freaking good he's been. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he doesn't have a great game tonight, although he does have 11 assists in this game to follow up his career high of 12 in their previous game. So, mm-hmm. obviously, Chris Middleton, the playmaker, is here. Like, we're we're getting that. Um, but But – if you miss one of your big three, if we're adding Drew Holiday to the big three here, if you're missing one of those guys, then what? Because Giannis, you can scheme against. You, you just let me sag off. I'm going to make him either beat us at the line or beat us with a jump shot. You're happy with that. Mm-hmm. And Chris Middleton, now you get to load your defense up on him. And all of a sudden, if Drew Holiday is not available, or let's say he's just having a bad game, you just don't have anybody else. Yeah, It's rough. It is. You and don't have professional shooter George Hill like the Oklahoma City Thunder. I know. <laughs> you can have him back, Milwaukee. Take him back. Take him back. Well, the funny thing is that if if Giannis happens to hit that jumper, then it's just, that's just the way this game is. It's so funny because if he hits that jumper, boom, 49 points for Giannis. He's dominant. Is he the MVP? What a great season for the Bucks, you know, and then he misses it. And it's like, oh, my gosh, the sky is falling. What did this team sucks? Brooke Lopez is, you know, he's got cinder blocks for feet. And, you know, it's just it's it's funny mm-hmm. the way the way that this works. But it, that, that, it is the way that this works. That was a pretty good Dave impersonation, I got to say. Um, <laughs> but, you know, look, the Bucks are really good. But but I want to just see other stuff from them. And yeah. Unfortunately, it does like Brooke Lopez really just doesn't look good and gets exposed in, in these sorts of matchups where you have bigs who can stretch the floor and can move a little bit. I mean, DeAndre mm-hmm. Ayton and Frank Kaminsky, they, they were cooking tonight. I, I thought they both looked really good against Brooke. But in particular, Brooke was in a tough spot because that, that front-line defense just was non-existent. Again, mm-hmm. 58 combined points from Booker and Chris Paul, you're just not going to beat the Phoenix Suns on, on many nights where those guys get you that kind of scoring. Yeah, without a doubt. And they, they need that that guard to kind of be the tandem defender. Uh, and there's been lots of like duo defenders around the league for a long time, and Eric Bledsoe has been a great duo defender for him for years. And Drew Holiday can do the same thing, but he's not here. And Brent Forbes can't do that, and DJ Augustine can't do that. So you kind of leave him on an island. All right, let's run through the rest of the games. Does Oklahoma City just play every Wednesday night? 
Is this our fortune? <laughs> yes. So, all right. The the Lakers played their third straight overtime game. And, and really, they've only played about, I don't know, 51 combined minutes in these three games. I, I'll, I'll say that they've played the fourth quarters <laughs> yeah. and overtimes. Oh. And they beat the Thunder 114-113. Now, this is a perfect tank game if you're Oklahoma City. Yeah, You're competitive. Sure. As hell with yeah. the best team in basketball down the stretch, Lou Dort defends. I mean, he locks up LeBron James, forces him into an air ball, and yet you still lose in overtime. Uh, just a perfect loss from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, we we got to talk about. I, I just don't understand who's scoring for the Thunder right now. When you look <laughs> at the like, just look at the box score. Al Horford had twenty five. Lou Dort had seventeen. Darius yep. Basley has nine. Uh, Kendrick Williams has. 24 points in this game. Career and high for for Kenny Hustle. I'm going to say it again, man. They're too good to tank. <laughs> they are 14th in the Western Conference currently. They're mm-hmm. 10 and 14. Uh, and they've got a rough stretch they're coming they're up. They're tanking. They're tanking. It's fine. They're without a doubt tanking. And, man, credit to the Thunder coaching staff for what they've done with a lot of these guys. Hamadou Diallo... He didn't shoot the ball well tonight, but they have gotten him to contribute in a lot of other ways. He had five assists. He had 13 boards, two blocks. I mean, he he was tremendous. He's a plus eight tonight. Uh, Lou Dort, obviously, is a huge success story for their development. But then Kenrich Williams was on fire, on fire tonight. 11 of 14 from the field, 24 points. That's the most points he's ever scored in a game. Unbelievable. Oklahoma City is secretly doing a great job of developing talent. Yeah. When you look at what they've done, I mean, you didn't even mention Basley. I, th- I think he's just Basley, looked fantastic. Yeah. Basley, Basley, mm-hmm. Basley. Uh, I think he's just looked fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, and they didn't have Shea Gildas Alexander in this game. And and still they took the, you know, the vacationing Los Angeles Lakers to overtime. I mean, look, credit to the Lakers. They're the best team in the league by a landslide. Uh, LeBron's going to be the MVP. Of course, he puts up 25, 7, and 6. I mean, it's just he does that in his sleep. Yeah. Uh, the, the Bulls. Beat the Pelicans 129-116. Zach Levine and Kobe White in this game combined 17 of 31 from three. Levine had nine of those on his way to 46 points. The Bulls hit a franchise record 25 threes in this game. Uh, All right. I think Zach Levine's a star. I think Zach Levine should make the all-star game. Yeah. Can Zach Levine... Does he have any close friends that are very good players? Because I think we need to get Zach Levine recruiting guys to Chicago. Listen, this team, uh, you know, I was talking to Trey Kirby about this, obviously from No Dunks, huge Bulls fan. And, and, you know, he made a great point to me. This is a team that has been an embarrassment for a while, and they are currently not embarrassing. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a professional basketball coach that treats his players like professionals. Sure. They have a star in Zach Levine. They have some fun young players. They are missing a recruiter. They need Zach Levine, power broker, this offseason to just go out and recruit. I mean, I think the best free agent available might be Otto Porter, so maybe you don't want to recruit him. But <laughs> does Zach Oladipo? Levine have any friends? Who can he recruit? Come on, Andrew. We got to fix the Bulls. Victor? I don't know. Hey, Patrick Williams, just develop that man because I think that he's he actually has a pretty high ceiling. And yeah, Levine's been unbelievable, man. 
Maybe they can trade for Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe that is is the the move. Reunite Zach and Kat. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just do it again in Chicago. Just move the Wolves to Chicago. Uh, okay, the, the Raptors beat the Wizards 137-115. Listen, if your offense is struggling, there is nothing, oh, nothing boy. like running into the Wizards. And, I mean, 137 points for the Raptors, uh, quite a bit. They had a 132 offensive rating in this game. Uh, Pascal Siakam looks like he really has found his jumper, had 26. Norm Powell had 28. uh, And and Bradley Beal had 24 in the loss. Not another 40-point loss for him. Just another, you know, ho-hum 24 points. Uh, The Raptors have fought back from their slow start. They're now the fifth seed in the East at 12-13. and (laughs) They're trying to avoid the play-in. I think is the uh, is the mantra for the Raptors right now. Like, just avoid the play-in. And man, like tonight is great that that the Raptors scored this many points and played well. It's wonderful. But I think the the real story is like this is just this is more about the Wizards. This is more about the problems with the Washington Wizards than it is like the Raptors. Like the Raptors are they're a functional NBA team, and they're going to continue and they're going to win games. They're going to be fine. The Wizards, however, are going to eventually going to have to decide on a direction. And the direction can't be, let's try to make this team a good team. Because they're just not. I'm and it's, not sure. And it's very sad. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the, the history of the Washington Wizards, but this is just kind of what they do. I know. I know. It is. It is. It's honestly very sad. I mean, they haven't won 50 games since the 70s. And... You're, you can see why. And they're yeah, even, they even they say, like, we won't trade Beal. They're, and if they do trade Beal, they're not going to tank. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Guys, please. <laughs> well, and, and uh, needless to say, Davis Bertans not fixing their defensive issues with their starting lineup. Uh, no. The Brooklyn Nets beat the reeling Indiana Pacers. I mean, the, the Pacers uh, have been struggling as of late. Um, but the big story to me in this game, first of all, you had <laughs> – Two guys from from Brooklyn in double-digit free throws. Both of them were perfect. James Harden was 10 for 10 from the line. Kyrie Irving was a ridiculous 17 from for 17 from the <laughs> yeah, that's line. That's crazy. And Kyrie Irving doesn't really go to the free throw line all that Talk much. Ass, no. It's incredible. Yeah. Now, I got to ask you, Andrew. Do we need to just eliminate the free throw? Like, I think this thing needs to go. Eliminate the free throw. Too many free throws happen. <laughs> now that uh, there's always a hot take from Dave or some kind of just wild take from Dave. That one, that one will keep me awake tonight. No, we got to get rid of the free throw because <laughs> only because Kyrie Irving had 17 of them. That's gonna do it for today's show, guys. Don't forget about all the other shows that we've got on the Athletic Podcast Universe. You know, no dunks. You know the Athletic NBA Show. Go check out. The Athletic NFL Show, The Athletic NHL Show, and all the other shows that we've got. Don't forget, go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. $3.99 right now. It's a great deal. It always is. Thank you guys, as always, for waking up with us. Andrew, please take us away. Ding, ding. I was dragging that out as long as I, I know. could. Just try I to felt it. Off. <laughs> uh.